Hey, welcome to 40 Cray, a podcast by two almost 40-something guys whose adult lives and responsibilities have not eclipsed their zeal for stupid nerdy shit like 40K, video games, t-shirts with H.P. Lovecraft characters that look adorable on them. Thanks, honey. Great Christmas present. As always, I'm uh, Ben, K-A-L-S Demon on various channels, and I'm joined by my special friend and co-host, Tommy Bones. Hello on cue that way two different voices you know it's not just me it's got to be another person but speaking of another person we have a very special guest star tonight we are thrilled at 40 cray to welcome our first non-garbage special guest (laughs) (laughs) we've had a lot of no i'm just kidding phil and andrew you guys were great but we got ryan co-host of the command point podcast and i think you said self-proclaimed sultan of sorrow is that right ryan uh, sure, yeah, I guess we can go with that. I definitely made people cry with uh, playing Necrons and Kill Team recently, so yeah, that works out. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> did, did you make them cry because you beat them so badly or because of, like, vicious mockery? No, the, the faction is just so, so overpowered. It just has that effect on people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually funny. I played a game uh, last night, uh, believe it or not, where I played Necrons for the first time. I borrowed my, my friend's Necron team, knowing god all nothing mm-hmm. and i still want somehow yeah. yeah it's like that it's like that um Birnid, i think i've talked to him about it and they're kind of like the training wheels for kill team they're like the training wheel faction you can literally like do no wrong with them so ryan obviously you and your co-host shane have built up a, a pretty strong following in the kill team community again one of the reasons i love kill team it's just an easy hobby to get into relative to the 40k piece and people are generally not too not too bad right yeah, no. Uh, I've noticed that the Kill Team community is is a lot less toxic than like some of the big 40k like Facebook groups that you can like wander on into, uh, which is something that I love, and uh, I've certainly strived to kind of promote that as a content creator alongside Shane. You know, one of the things we typically talk about, uh, Tom and I, is our love for the hobby. Mm-hmm. It's it's this really interesting little subculture pocket of of nerddom that for some reason breeds so much enthusiasm even among people like ourselves who aren't necessarily frequent tournament goers. So, so to start with, I'd love to get a sense like what was your first taste of Warhammer? What brought you into to 40k and Kill Team writ large? So I was thinking a lot about this recently um, when I got your email, kind of with like those like, like questions. Um, And what I remembered was like a long, long time ago when I was young, there was a I was hanging out with my cousin and he had like a like a 40K like comic book. Like, I don't I don't know if there was like a Blood Ravens comic book or something, but it was some Space Marine chapter in Red Armor. So they must have been like Blood Angels or uh, Blood Ravens. I think it was Blood Quest, probably, because that was a Blood Angels themed one from about 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, that would check out. That would check out because I'm I'm 26. Yeah, I'm 26. Um, so, <laughs> like, I I like gaslit myself into thinking I was 27 yesterday. Um, <laughs> no, but like, I, but like, I read I read that when I was hanging out with him, and I was like, man, this is like the coolest. This is like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like giant, like giant freaking space marines, like fighting, like just freaking aliens. Like that's the coolest thing to like a kid, right? <laughs> and then um, I never, like when you're like a young kid, you can't really 
it, it's hard to get into the hobby when you don't know anybody else who's into the hobby. You know what I'm saying? So right. I was kind of just like, you know, just like going along. And then um, I got really big into Halo. So like, and there's a lot well, of... Is Halo a video game? I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no. So there's a lot of crossover there. You know, just like super soldier, space marines, you know, humanity is fighting this losing battle no matter like what they do. They're just always on the back foot. And then I guess I just like kind of like relearned into 40K somewhere along the way in like high school just by going to like a local store and um, like picking stuff up for D&D because me and my friends are getting into D&D at the end of high school and then saw all the 40K stuff and I'm like, oh, what's this? And so I got interested in it, you know, read up a, a lot on the lore, watched a lot of like YouTube, a lot of YouTube lore channel videos. Um, and then uh, after college, that's when I started like really getting into like 40K and like buying models and painting them. And when Kill Team came out, it's like, yeah, I can do so like it's so much cheaper than actually building a whole 40K army. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and now I'm here. Well, I mean, that's quite the circuitous journey, right? I think, you know, both of us, we were talking in a previous episode, but it was kind of similar. You know, like with you, you're first introduced to this universe, which is so different and so vibrant and at the same time, so dark and grim. It's like they should come up with a word for that. Uh, if only. But, you know, at that time. Yeah, if only. Like, maybe Dark Grim. Perfect. It's got a nice ring to it, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> Copyright that. Copyright, yeah, 40 Cray, trademark. But, uh, but, you know, like, the same kind of thing. Like, I think I had a friend of a friend who showed me, like, one of the codexes from back in the day. Mm. And I just remember some of the fiction in there was, like, so different than anything I'd read. But, you know, it was kind of hard to get into. Didn't know a lot of people. And it was expensive, too. Yeah. So, you know, back yeah. in the day, I don't know if the relative price has gone up or down with all the plastic models. I guess uh, Games Workshop's pricing scheme will will depend on that a little bit in future. Uh, like I know, for example, with the Pariah Nexus being the only way to get the heavy intercessors oh, for the moment. God. <laughs> Actually, public disclaimer, uh, some store in Germany has just like a box of heavy intercessors. Someone took a picture of it. So like if you're if you're worried about getting heavy intercessors, don't go on eBay. Don't go out and rush to buy a Pariah Nexus box because they'll be out soon, apparently, if some store in Germany has them in stock. Germany is hardly ever the first to anything, right? I don't know. Maybe that was a veiled World War II joke. Eh, maybe we'll cut that. We'll see. <laughs> Sorry, Germany. Yeah, our one viewer from Germany is like, nein, I'm out of here. <laughs> But uh, so so you mentioned Blood Quest. Do you remember like what was your what was your first faction that you bought into uh, when you finally were able to go to the hobby store and pick up some models for the first time? I got into uh, Space Wolves just because it's like it's they're they're Vikings in space, man. Like that's that's so freaking cool. Um, and then I kind of I kind of like stepped back away from them over time just because. A lot of a lot of things. Uh, the other Space Marine chapters were better than them on the tabletop, from what I could tell. And then um, uh, when Kill Team came out, it was the same. It was basically the same thing. And then it's like, man. So I I pretty much just like dropped them, stopped thinking about them when they, in my mind, became like non-competitive. And like the lore is still good, 
but like yeah. they're so much cooler in the Horus Heresy than they are in like the present day lore where they're literally like dripping in like wolf yeah. accoutrements and then like every word in the codex has wolf in front of it <laughs> and it's like they're not like that in the Horus Heresy books at all they're like not and it's like man yeah, it's like a bunch of got, furries. Like, come on, man. You've got uh, space Viking werewolves, and GW chose to lean so far heavily into the wolf part of it. Yeah, it's like that's not the cool part. Go with the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. Like, in, like in the um, the Horus Heresy models, like there's literally like they've they've there's like a unit that just has like shields and like power axes, <laughs> and like that's like the whole unit, and then um. In the in 40k you get them, but they're riding wolves. You're just like, come on, man, come on. This close, this close to being the coolest. Does the fact that those wolves are actually people who have kind of transformed into wolves change any of that coolness factor? Well, then you got to think about it like, okay, now there's Space Marines riding people who aren't really people. <laughs> You know, and that just kind of like the moral implications just of that. Thro- yeah, it's just like throws. I mean, like moral implications, like be damned. It's like 40k, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. That's tame compared to some of the other stuff. Very true. I don't know if you know or not, but uh, Ben is a Thousand Suns guy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little bit of a some animosity there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't think Russ did anything wrong, actually. (laughs) I genuinely think he was just doing his job. When the emperor tells you to do something, you're just like, I, and then you go, you go and do it. And then somehow along the way, you forget that you were supposed to capture Magnus, and instead you just decide to uh, inflict genocide on the planet. And I I think, I think Russ may have made a couple mistakes along the way. (laughs) Like you just realized that through the conversation. <laughs> when it, it sounded it sounded worse when I talked it out. <laughs> and these are your good guys. Well, I mean, in his defense, like Horace, I think did manipulate him a little bit. By the way, I cannot believe yeah. that we're having this argument about the the fiction as I'm wearing my official Games Workshop <laughs> merchandise, Thousand Suns, overpriced ball cap. Oh man. <laughs> I was about to say, wow, you're going to give them free free clout like that, and then you threw the word overpriced in there. Good save. Good save. No free clout. I, no free clout. It is a well-made hat, though. Oh, okay. So maybe not so overpriced. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying. I, I like the fact that if I wear it around and somebody recognizes it, it means they're an immediate cool dude in my book. Yeah, but it's not like it. the hat um, – People obviously can't see it, but it's definitely like an understated hat where it's like if you see it, you're like, oh, cool hat. But if you know like about 40K and about Thousand Suns, you're like, ah, cool hat. That's the that's the type of 40K merch that I'm a fan of, like the understated low key stuff. It's subtle. I, you know, on that note, one of the, the litmus tests that Tom you used, I thought this was hilarious. Right after your your son was born, who, by the uh-huh. way, Ryan, we refer to as Gore Child. Yeah, Gore uh, Child. Okay, Gore Child. He's a cool kid, man. He's gonna grow up and probably be a real hero. It's like the kind of dude that would just like conquer whole countries and trample people under his sandaled feet. <laughs> if I raise him correctly, then yes. Yeah. No. God willing. <laughs> That's <dope> as hell. <laughs> Tom, you always you have like a shirt that says like it's it's like a boxing promotion, the Emperor versus Horus. 
that you wore to like the daddy daycare group to see if anyone yeah. would recognize because then you'd know if they were a cool dude or not yeah it's a play on the rumble in the jungle yeah yeah the malice above the palace oh that's cool with uh war master horus versus the emperor of mankind that's funny <laughs> but no, no one's ever commented so nobody's cool one day yeah well i appreciate it <laughs> i see you thank you obviously you know you came on the show one of the things you mentioned is hey i love space marines so yeah. i want to talk about that a little bit and you talked a little bit about the space wolves about blood quest what in your mind keeps the space marines at the level and for you where they're just more interesting or you have more affinity than than the other really interesting factions that are out there for me it's they exist in this place of liminality where they're human but they're so far removed from what a human is that it's like they would almost be unrecognizable, you know? Because it's like, how can a immortal, like, nearly godlike being, like, somehow relate to and willingly defend a race that it is, like, a race of beings that it's, like, just, like, so far removed from? And that's just, like, really interesting to me. Um, And then also... My my like favorite chapter of Space Marines is just Ultramarines, and they're just like Romans in space, and that's the coolest <laughs> thing ever. I'm a big history buff, so like, ah. like that that was it. Like Romans in space. All right, yeah, that's my faction. It actually reminded me. Uh, ben and I were talking a while ago about uh, the novels. Uh, he was trying to explain to uh, his partner Gabriel that in the novels, the main like the the narrator is always like a, a remembrancer or some yeah. kind of human because right. <laughs> because the space marines themselves are so unrelatable that you as a reader you can't put yourself in their shoes you there wouldn't be a connection yeah uh, I so that was, inhuman yeah i thought that was interesting it just reminded me of that and yet i think of all the space marine chapters in many ways space wolves are, are a little more human right i mean there there's that whole element of like carousing and partying and i think i think they take wives i think i read that somewhere is that a, did i make that up or is that true <laughs> i mean I, I wouldn't put it past them <laughs> you know <laughs> um but yeah no they're definitely like the partiers of the space marines <laughs> um which is like dope as hell i mean like russ like he out drank and out ate the emperor like in a contest and like that that's dope as hell right. um so like definitely that part of their personality is what initially made me like want to like build a space wolf army and then it's like you read like the 40k lore and all this stuff that happens after the heresy and you're like eh, i don't really know about and they're uh, i don't like their color scheme i don't like their 40k color scheme the gray the gray Baby with blue. the yellow yeah the gray <laughs> yeah no like the the light baby blue with the yellow yeah. is yeah. so is uh just the the Horus Heresy colorway is just so much better, man. It's so much cooler in every possible way. Um, so how do you feel about uh, Primaris and uh, the changes to the lore uh, around that? Um, initially, like everyone else, I think I was I was kind of skeptical with how it would work, and I'm like, oh, they're just doing this to like introduce new models, which like yeah, they totally were. But the, I think the way they brought about the introducing the Primaris into the lore and everything, I thought it was a, I thought it was pretty well done. Mm-hmm. You know, they're different enough from your firstborn Marines that they're they're interesting because they kind of they kind of exist outside of like the firstborn Marines too. You know, those guys with more experience. 
because right. a lot of the chapters they were like initially like suspicious of the of the Primaris Marines and stuff like that. So, but I yeah I think they rolled them out pretty well, mm-hmm. um and kind of got them into the lore in a way that wasn't like jarring, you know. <laughs> right, right. I I will say like a, the skepticism piece I definitely felt it too because I think at first I you know cynically as I think a lot in the community we we tend to look at a lot of the decisions Games Workshop makes <laughs> even though we love their product and and yeah. a lot of what they do with a certain suspicion just because we've been burned in the past and I saw it as oh okay so here's a reason that people have to buy a completely new army but but I completely agree with you. Like I actually think that the way they advanced the storyline forward a couple thousand years, and you know brought back uh, Diamond. Sorry, Tom, are we allowed to call him by his real name, or do we have to call him Rowboat? <laughs> Rowboat like Curly a, Man. Yeah. I like Rodent Guillotine. <laughs> I just never the, heard that. What word. was the one that I like? Uh, I think it's well. There's Rowboat Girly Man. There's Roberto. <laughs> Roberto something. No, but um, I yeah no I like I like um, Rebute Gilliman as a uh, as a character in the um like the newer series like there was that whole like trilogy with the um just the Dark Imperium trilogy I think yeah. is what it's called I've read I think I read all those and that was that was pretty cool mm-hmm. um all the all the stories from his perspective in those in those books was great I thought you know. Uh, it starts off where he's chasing Fulgrim, and then he winds up getting poisoned. Spoiler alert: he winds up getting poisoned <laughs> by Fulgrim, goes to sleep for like ten thousand years, and then he wakes up. Yeah, no, it was great. I love that. Uh, I love that series. I I do too. I I got the first one on Audible. I think I have the other two like queued up and need to read it. You know, I used to commute before COVID. You know, like an hour each way, so I had all this time to to listen yeah. to my forty k fluff. And yeah, for better or worse, now I don't as much, but. <laughs> You know, we were bringing up a point earlier about the need for having a humanoid or more human narrator anchor. And yet I feel like with the Rebute, I'm going to call him by his first name because we're cool that way, series, they actually did a reasonably good job making him an interesting, well-rounded character with ups and downs and things that you could relate to. And yet still give that impression that he is kind of this godlike savior of the Imperium. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely felt like that. And I was very happy that he's not he's not a Mary Sue. I was so happy that they were able to make him an interesting, flawed character exactly. who doesn't who isn't just able to get whatever he wants at a whim, you know. So I was I was very pleased by that because uh, <laughs> if if they did that, then it would have been um, another ten years of looking at a one D four chan articles about how ultramarines are just just have plot armor and are just the absolute worst yeah <laughs> so speaking of mary sue's uh, obviously i think you're familiar with text-to-speech which i might say oh yeah is the the achievement of the 21st millennium so far yeah i learned all of my 40k lore like the stuff that i know cold i got it from bruvas alpha bruza and uh <laughs> And uh, if the emperor had a text-to-speech device, so good. But that's I love the way that you know they have like the Marnius Kolgar and uh, Kato Sicarius dynamic. Do you I, thinking about those characters or others? Do you have like favorite Ultramarines named characters? Kolgar is definitely a hundred percent my favorite Ultramarines <laughs> character, bar none. Did you read the comic? Yeah, no, I've got. Um, I've got, I just got, I just got the email today. 
Uh, it should be in soon. I've been ordering. Um, I wasn't able to get. I have like all of the copy, all of the. Excuse me. Um, I keep wanting to say episodes. I have like every chapter. I have every Marnie's Calgar comic book is what I'm trying to say here. I've got everyone, <laughs> and then I every everyone that I was able to that I was able to order. Um, I also got like the limited edition like cover art variants. So I'm gonna like I'm gonna at some point I'm gonna frame all those limited edition yeah. variants and then have the other ones just to read. Nice. I thought what they did with his story was really cool. Have you guys uh, read the comic series at all? I haven't been able to get a copy. I think uh, I went to my, my uncle comic book store and, and it was closed because COVID. So yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> I haven't really, <laughs> yeah. I haven't really followed I've, up. I've had, then. I've had to order them all uh, online just from like comic book stores, not even anywhere near me. So that's upsetting, but you know, what can you do? But, but the snippets I see on like Pinterest or Reddit look just fucking so good like it's yeah. it's so violent and it's so true to the the 40k universe yeah i there's 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 a theme here of me being initially skeptical skeptical about a games workshop product or ip uh and i was like okay they're doing a comic book series with marvel you know marvel might you know it's owned by disney they might like tone it down a bit right right uh, tone down the violence you know and uh, I can happily assure everyone that they did not tone down the violence at all in the Marnie's Calgar comic book series. It is uh, as it should be. Is it dark grim? It is dark grim. <laughs> okay, you actually now have to pay us because that's it. We just trademarked it about 10 minutes ago. I don't know if you heard. Shit, how did I not know about this? Oh, and shit, I Ryan, I realized. Get, get your, yeah, by the way, they were very easy to reach. I'm a notary public. <laughs> um, we forgot to do a quick shout out. Like, right, we always start our episodes with "What are you drinking?" Uh, Ryan, right, right, you want right. to kick us off, man? What, what's uh, what's in the the beverage for this afternoon? Yeah, slash I'm I'm having a New Belgium Voodoo Ranger IPA. It's uh pretty good. It's pretty good. I've never really been a big fan of IPAs, but this one's good. Yeah, bad IPAs are like metallic and just gross if you get a bad one. What about you guys? Yeah, I was just saying, Tom. So, I guess in every like locality wherever you are, you've got the local brewery. So yeah, I, I just moved uh, to, Netic- to Connecticut a few months ago, and uh, apparently here it's Two Roads Brewing. So literally everywhere you go, a gas station or Seven Eleven, they've got Two Roads. So this is a Little Heaven Crushable IPA. Secessional, so it's not bad. So, so you guys are hard hitting the IPA train. I'm, uh, I'm a uh, single malt bourbon whiskey. I didn't even know you could have a, a single malt bourbon. Uh, it's really good. Uh, you know, I'm going a little slow because it was a long day, so I'm trying to drag it out. But, but Ryan, you know, what do you think? Is Kill Team better enjoyed uh, sober or or slightly <laughs> intoxicated? Oh man, sometimes I can't get through it. Unless I'm slightly intoxicated. No, no, I'm kidding. Um, it's always better when it's beer hammer, you know. Unless, of course, you don't drink, then you know it's fine. Makes sense. You know, we all have our ways of getting through the workday, right? Speaking of work, let's talk about your work, your line of work. <laughs> yeah, the thing, the thing that you do, my which life's is work. crushing people. 
It's your life's work is to crush kill team. You love Astartes. Is that your usual go-to? Is that your is your uh, your home base of factions? Uh, it was starting out. Uh, first, uh, yeah, first kill team I was playing was of course Space Wolves because those were the models I had at the time. And then I started playing Death Watch. And then uh, once Shane and I started really getting into the competitive aspect of kill team, I kind of shelved them for a bit but then there was one tournament over the summer where i brought him back out again and uh shane and i we ran uh basically uh two astartes kill teams that were very similar and um he wound up winning the tournament with them so i was very proud of that wow and then um it, yeah no it was actually the biggest kill team tournament ever like on tts or in real life biggest one ever and uh one of us won it, so I was very proud of us for that. Wow. And then, um, and then they've been shelved for a minute. But um, uh, we came out with, we worked with um, Bearnid 40k and some other people on a tournament pack, the Zenith tournament packet. And um, I was, and it was looking like Space Marines were going to be good again. And then uh, they got some new rules in a uh, Kill Team Pariah Nexus, and holy crap, these Space Marines are going to be like the the Kill Team in Kill Team. Wait, wait, I thought I had watched some of your videos recently analyzing the changes, and I thought, uh, wait, aren't Space Marines getting super nerfed in Pariah Nexus? Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> man, it's like. Space Marines as a faction got everything they could possibly want and more. And it's, uh, I think it's really, I think it's really bad for the overall health of the game. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the same thing happened in 40 K like a year or two ago. Right. Right. You know? So what are you going to do? Right. It's GW's favorite faction. Do you, do you feel, I mean, I know I was watching uh, some of your guys' analysis and you bring up some really good points. I mean, like Death Denied for 2CP alone is a, is a pretty Ridiculous. fucking huge change. Yeah. God, Tom, when you used to pull that shit on me, I would get so angry at you. <laughs> it shouldn't even be in the game. <laughs> like, I don't think, it, like, it could they could bump it back up to 3CP, but, like, it wouldn't even be enough with the new models that they're getting. Right. Tom, do you remember that first time you ran your Salamanders team and I was Death Guard and I'd been doing okay so far because like Death Guard's <laughs> a good like intro faction. Yeah, yeah. And you you tabled me and I finally <laughs> like the, the third round I almost killed one of your dudes and then you death denied which I don't know if at that time I realized was as easy to deploy as it was. Yeah. And I think do you remember I felt like a kid whose balloon has flo- floated away <laughs> into the atmosphere. He's dead. Oh wait, no, he's not. <laughs> Yeah, that's literally how it works. <laughs> it's so dumb. A, a single tier run. Actually, it was more than a single. And that was a, a dumb list, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I was just taking models because they were silly. I had a Moritat, I think. <laughs> you had a what? <laughs> just a, a veteran with a, a jump pack and two plasma pistols. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Beernid's a big fan of that model, actually. <laughs> like unironically, I mean, he did a lot of work in that game, but that's yeah. Was... And yeah, and you had the uh, the eliminator and the suppressor. <laughs> I didn't. There were so many models, I had no idea where to turn. It was just like yeah. where it went. It was a different threat. It was the grav guys that got you. Oh, the yeah. grav guys. Oh. Yeah, those they're so good. 
those company vets with uh, grav guns and chain swords. That's what pretty much carried Shane. Uh, I don't know. They were a, they were a big part of why uh, Shane and I had the success that we did in our in the um, Bay Area tournament simulation. So then, follow-up question: Thinking about the future of Astartes, obviously some some pretty big buffs coming potentially, and we don't know how the chips are going to fall with the other factions quite yet. But it seems like yeah. Space Marines are in a good spot. But they still don't have the bodies. And I know, like you guys were talking in the Imperium meta video, not uh, not just a couple days ago, I think. You really need the bodies, especially in the new like hold hold pattern. Do you do you think that Marines are going to get buffed enough? to overcome that? Like, how do you see them being competitive in the future? Um, so it, it all depends on what tournament packet you're using, right? Because in, in big 40 K, like everybody in the United States, at least as far as I'm aware, you know, it's kind of like the competitive format is all run by ITC. So they all use the same competitive packet. And then there's a few exceptions, like Nova uses its own packet, and I think Adepticon uses its own rules packet. But actually, I, that was how it was in the past, but now Games Workshop with 9th Edition has come out, and they're like, this is how you play match play missions of 40k. With Kill Team, it's the Wild West. Every, like, every TO has their own packet or has put their own spin on a packet, um, and that that has its uh, its good its good sides and its bad sides to it. Um, there's not a lot of consistency, but you know, hey, it keeps you on your toes and it forces you to adapt, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. So Space Marines in like the WWO format, which is basically like the Nova packet, right. uh, they're uh, with all these buffs that they have now. Um, I don't I don't think they would be able to pull it off. I think that they would, they're, they're certainly not like a D tier faction on that packet anymore. They're at least a B yeah. just because of their resiliency that they have now with the heavy intercessors and the blade guard veterans. Um, but now I think in a lot of uh, other packets that have like a different sort of, a different sort of rule set where it's like not on like this open board where they can just get shot off easy um and where there's secondary objectives that like are really easy for you to stack by killing models um just like get getting multiple points by killing models you know packets like that or packets that are like hold one hold more kill one packets that reward the the kill teams that are really lethal space marines are going to be at the top I also think, uh, I don't know if you saw Glass Half Dead did a video on the fact that like Space Marines are now going to be like the default for especially a lot of casual players who are trying to uh, get into competitive and the idea that they're they're kind of like the training wheels. So, so really, no matter <laughs> what you're up against, it's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, I, t- to your point, would probably make it pretty frustrating. I mean, for me, that's a little bit the Tau, honestly. I don't know. We have a guy in our local group who plays Tau, and I cannot fucking do anything about it. Yeah. How? Tell me how to beat the Tau, Ryan. How do I beat the Tau? <laughs> Ooh. Have you tried playing Tau? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> tau, tau are tough to beat. 
does he just kind of use like a drone spammy list with like a couple pathfinders with rail rifles or what what does his list look like yeah it's 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 primarily drone spam i think a couple things which always get me uh a couple rail rifles in the back with that fucking recon drone that recon drone i don't know how that is seven points that feels like a really good value yes it's an incredibly good value uh i there's no reason there's no reason why the drones should be costed the way they are it's absolutely ridiculous they're tough man they're tough you could win a moral victory by knowing he's a douche that's that's basically what i do each time (laughs) you just shame him for running (laughs) pow oh like like mercilessly like the entire time yeah i basically (laughs) when he's not looking i'll just go like rub parts of myself on his models and just try to distract him that way (laughs) just pick up his tau drones after you like are we? done eating Cheetos or something. Oh God, that'd be so gross. <laughs> How to beat Tau? It really, it really all depends on like what, uh, what kind of game you're playing and what, like what mission you're playing on. Are you using like the yeah. core missions or? Yeah. So, so we typically play open board. We'll typically pay, play core missions. I will okay. say, that, so, so one of the things I've learned and, and joking aside, nah, joking's never said. I'll still joke. Um, I actually did pretty well. Uh, we, we had a game a couple days ago and I was thousand sons. And what I found is if you can corral, like take very aggressive board control maneuvers. So I did like webway infiltration, got behind his back line and then kind of forced his hand. And, and as a result of that, he got, distraction carn effects and i was able mm. to uh, you know charge him with a couple other models from cover but it really relied on me distracting him and and again you know calling him a lot of names so that he was focused more <laughs> on me as opposed to actually playing the game effectively <laughs> that is one way that is one way you know sun Tzu has a lot to say about you know it's not necessarily it's not necessarily the strength of your army that's gonna that's gonna win you battles right so that's true. That's fair. That's fair. Now, I think that the thing with Tau is they do have some weaknesses. Specifically, their morale is very low across the faction. Fair so enough. if you are able, if you are able, that's very important, if, to kill enough of their models to force a break test, you have a very high chance of getting a lot of his models to shake. So for that, you'll need like some hyper-lethal weapons, basically. The other thing you can do is, depending on the faction you're playing, you can just try to bring as many bodies as you can. And with those bodies, tie up the the opponent's drones. Um, Drakari have had some success in the tournaments that we've had against Tau. I was playing Drakari, and I actually beat uh, Birnid's Tau a couple tournaments ago and knocked him out of that tournament. Sorry, Birnid. (laughs) Didn't he go 8-0 in WWO? Yeah, he did. And that's because that map is just so punishing. <laughs> There's no like actual hard line of sight blocking terrain on that board. And it's just awful. So any team that like a team like Tau, which is literally you can just set them up yeah. and just blow everything off the table and there's nothing your opponent can do about it. Uh, it sucks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, play a, a balanced tournament packet that allows you to choose like the secondary objectives that you want to take as your faction make sure that you have good terrain or play on arena if you have arena arena is great for competitive because it takes a lot of the terrain stuff 
like issues on open board and just tosses it out the window because it's ultra close confines. And then factions that have a good matchup against Tau off the top of my head are probably going Crude. to be... No. <laughs> but, I mean, they know them because they're part of the Empire, so they should be pretty good. Yeah, Crude are... <laughs> Crude are so bad. Um, it's like... Uh, um, Star Shaders. So, Star Striders? I I, nobody knows. Nobody yeah, knows. Ever nobody played, played them, right? Star Striders. Um, <laughs> they could be amazing. Gellerpox Infected on Arena are actually really, Pretty. really good. They're yeah. so good. And then um, uh, Imperial Guard is okay against Tau. Godfred is a... Yeah, yeah, it's so good. If you take, like, Godfred in a Imperial Guard list, like, you're, you have a pretty good chance of winning, honestly. <laughs> Just because that model is so broken. Um, or it was, and now with the new Space Marine, uh, with the new Space Marine rules coming out, I'm like, right. yeah, maybe Godfrey isn't as broken as I had thought. Uh, what's the, uh, Drakari is really good. They're really do, good against Tau. Do, do, do you do racks or Kabbalites or, or soup or what's your mix? I prefer racks. Soup is interesting. I haven't really seen anyone try it, but it definitely has potential. Um, and then Mandrake spam is also kind of Mandrake spam is kind of interesting, but um, I think the racks are the way to go just because you can you can contest the Tau drones for board control with the amount of racks yeah. that you can bring. They all have a four up invuln, whereas like the Mandrakes, they cost more. You're getting more damage output if, even in close combat, but um, they they have a they're like a minus one to hit. But Tau drone, Tau gun drones specifically, they're always going to be hitting on sixes, sixes firing four anyway. shots. So yeah. like that negative modifier doesn't really doesn't play matter. much. So you might as well have the four up invuln, um, which is great against the rail rifles too. That's the other thing, right? Because that's where all their punch comes from. Oh, um, and then yeah, yeah, that's bas- that's uh, that's basically it. I think <laughs> Ashriani, I'm sure, are good too. It just you can't be playing on like worldwide open nova packet planet bowling ball and expect to be <laughs> can't do it that's just the reality i didn't know you've been to planet bowling ball i thought that was just a local thing for me oh no everyone's been on planet bowling ball if you've been playing this game for long enough <laughs> it's a horrible miserable rock where everyone <laughs> just goes to die to shooting attacks <laughs> uh so obviously you know uh, ben is more the math hammer type player. Uh, I I don't think I've played a game since at least September. Uh, more of a hobbyist. Uh, so, uh, what's the culture like uh, as far as tournament play goes? Like, because uh, it can I feel like it can either be like super competitive where everyone's like you know ad, the animosity for everyone or everyone's like super chill. It's one extreme or the other. Um, for kill team specifically, yeah. it's a lot more chill vibe from what I've been able to pick up. And then um, just for 40k overall, their tournaments, they've gotten a lot better because I want to say like five years ago, the just like the community overall started putting more of an emphasis on just like things like good sportsmanship. Okay. Excuse me one second. There's a sump pump going off in my basement. <laughs> oh, oh, that's okay. Good. I thought it was a Lehman Russ uh, trundling by nearby. <laughs> 
This is a good time to refer back to our sponsor of the show, uh, Cheetos. Be feel feel free to go fuck up your friend's towel models. Just touch all those little translucent. Oh nope, sounds <laughs> over. Okay, back to you. Ah uh, yeah, no the the 40k community or the competitive scene, I should say, has become a lot more. Um, they put a lot more emphasis on things like just like sportsmanship, mm. and. That's like a change that's happened over like the past five years. I don't even know if it was a change. It's just become a lot more talked about and expected of uh, of 40K tournament players because nobody wants to play an asshole, right? <laughs> True. It's like, yeah. But, but on the flip side, you know, I, I love playing poker. I, I played for, for numerous years. Oh, Ryan, hell yeah. I, I'm right there know. with you. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's your what? What do you like? Five card stud? You like like uh, Texas Hold'em? What do you like? Texas Omaha. No Limit. Texas, Texas No Hold'em. The Cadillac of poker, as uh, Doyle <laughs> okay. Brunson calls it. Here's the thing, though, man. I love playing with my friends when it's fun and we're drinking. I went to Vegas and I played yeah. one round of poker. Nobody was smiling. Nobody was having fun. Yeah. Honestly, I was afraid. Mm-hmm. And I did one one tournament. Yeah, that's right, Tom. I was afraid. That's a, you know what? It takes a man to admit fear. But did I went to a local. I no, I didn't bring my sunglasses. That's oh, the, and I also was was very intoxicated, and I think I threw up one of the other guys, which might be why he was not smiling. <laughs> uh, and then I and then I shit myself. But Ryan, that's not what this is about. The point of this is, I went to a tournament at a local games workshop, and uh, I just, people that are fun to play normally, okay. when it becomes the tournament get so anal about everything. So so I would love to know from you, what's the worst thing you've seen in a tournament? You can keep it anonymous. But I'd also like to know, because I believe in the good of humanity, what's the best thing? So what's the best and worst thing you've seen somebody do in a tournament? Worst thing I've seen someone do at a tournament is um, I, I had someone play against me who... And I'll keep their name anonymous because I don't want to embarrass them. Who uh, essentially forgot, in air quotes, forgot to have a one of their models take a break test. Uh, this model had very low morale. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking less than six. So it very much would have broken, probably. You know, and it wasn't until like the next round that I realized uh that he had not that i had flesh wounded that model and he had not taken a break test for it and so i and so i pointed it out (laughs) (laughs) i just hear tom in the background mother fucker yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so i like pointed it out to him and i was like hey i think you should have taken a break test or you should have made a uh a morale test for this model last round and then he started like he's the way he was talking made it seem like like it was almost in like it was my fault <laughs> of not telling him to do that. But it's like, <laughs> I don't know your army, you know, so it's like and it's like ultimately this model went on to like score two points, which was the deciding factor or um, which was the, the point differential in this game that he wound up winning. So. I was I was pretty salty about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the worst thing that I've experienced like firsthand. Is just like you can't even tell for sure if this person cheated or not. <laughs> but it's just like 
it's like dude know your army like do everyone do everyone a favor and just know your army and uh don't conveniently forget your rules um and then the the best thing that i've seen in a tournament is just stuff that happens all the time where it's just players um allowing uh i guess i don't want to say like take backsies but just like being flexible you know it's like if somebody is like oh i think i want to spend a cp to reroll to uh to do attack reroll or something and then they decide eh, you know i don't think i want to do that like nobody wants to be playing a guy who's like oh you declared that you were gonna spend <laughs> oh, the cp fuck that no yeah. that's what i'm talking about yeah that's yeah so no nobody no i haven't no one everyone everyone who i've played with has been very um i don't even know what to, accommodating to the uh, to their opponent that's good to know i mean we're we're you know, I think if you if you heard our last episode, you probably got a sense that we uh, we have very demanding lives and jobs. Not that we're important or interesting people. You know, we're just trying to <laughs> trying to get by like everyone else. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's your hobby. You're trying to have fun with it. You're trying to escape. You're trying to relax. Yeah. That's like you know, again, that game I was talking about. I was playing my my brother, who's our resident orc player in our our local you know kill team community, and my favorite moment of that game is when his. Uh, Gretchen ammo run killed <laughs> one of my Necron specialists in close combat. And it's just, that is fucking hilarious. Like that's yeah. so much better than winning. It's so much better than like, you know, tricking somebody into doing something wrong. So I'm glad to hear that, that people are like that in the tournament. Well, maybe not quite like that, but still, but still are there to win, but also to have a good time and be good sports. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I was if I was in a tournament and I was playing Necrons <laughs> and one of my specialists died to a Gretchen leader like that, I'd I'd probably be a little bit pissed. Um, <laughs> going to keep it 100 with you guys. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no, like that, that stuff is hilarious when it happens and you just can't help but laugh. Right. So, all right, we're getting we're getting toward the end here. It's been a little while, but I do I want to ask about about your projects, of course. And I yep. know you and Shane, you and Shane are the uh, the pillars of Command Point. Uh, what's your meet cute? You and Shane, how'd you guys meet? What got you uh, into this together? Basically, the short of it is Shane and I have been friends since we were in middle school, and then when I started getting into like 40k and buying the models and stuff, Kill Team came out. And I was like, hey, there's this game, and uh, it's like 40k, except it's a lot less expensive. You cheaper. Want to get, <laughs> get, in, get into it? And he's like, oh, hell yeah. And so, and so like, uh, we, we played our first game, and it was like, spa- like I played uh, Space Marines, and he played Heretic Astartes. Um, and then if, it's, of course, like, none of our models had like any special weapons or anything so it's just dudes in power armor with chain swords just like (laughs) pool noodling each other to death right (laughs) nothing nothing happens i think we were playing with like the environmental effects table on this kill zone i had and so like he lost three of his models to like exploding pipes or some (laughs) bs and then he was like man (laughs) and then uh and then just like over time like not even in that long of a time he just started kicking my ass and so i was like hey i want to do i want to do like a podcast and make like content about kill team because i like this game it's really cool you're really good at it obviously you're kicking my ass every time we play you want to 
you want to do this thing? And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so now we're here. That was a good impression of him, too, from what I understand. That sounded <laughs> yeah, just like him. Identical, yeah. <laughs> that was that's really funny. Uh, starting out, like everybody thought that like Shane and I have like the same voice, basically. And I was getting paranoid because people couldn't tell the difference between myself and Shane's voice. Like people that I knew. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is going on? Mom, that's not me. <laughs> it's you guys actually it's it's a similar like depth, but you guys talk differently. Like you have a different yeah. pattern of speech. Yeah. yeah. It's just um, it's just, you know, we're, we've grown up in the same area, like less than like five miles from each other. So, of course, we're going to like sound close. <laughs> where, where, you th- where do you hope Command Point goes next from here? Uh, next from here? Uh, I think what uh, we're hoping to like our goal for the end of the year is to get to like 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. That's our that's our big goal for this year. And then. Other than that, you know, just kind of keep running tournaments over Tabletop Simulator. Hopefully, if COVID, uh, you know, kind of chills out for a minute, be able to host <laughs> yeah. a a, uh, a real-life tournament right. um, in Rochester for Kill Team. And then, yeah, just, you know, just keep having fun with the hobby and keep producing content that people enjoy. Are are we invited to the Rochester tournament? Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> I only play Custodies. Oh, you, you only play? Oh, no, I don't know if the tournament is for you. Thing. I don't Rochester. like to win. <laughs> Rochester is only five hours from me. <laughs> I can make that trip. Yeah, true. <laughs> One of the things we love to feature is hilarious secrets or tips. So, for example, uh, our orc player talked about hiding an ammo runt behind a knob and then using that to charge people from cover. Um, With Thousand Suns, I love web boy infiltration. And I love when people think you're stupid for taking a scarab occult terminator gunner and then are shocked when it gets like 20 shots (laughs) on on, uh, extra ammo. Any secrets, cheat codes or tips you can give us for Astartes or any other faction? Uh, for Astartes, you can get really, you can basically fill out your command roster to have two very different kill teams that can, like, when combined, combat a myriad of threats. So what I'm talking about is you can set aside, like, say, a Blood Angels kill team, um, which is built specifically to counter Toughness 3 factions. Yeah. And then you can also have, say, a Black Templars kill team which you're going to be you're going to have go up against toughness four factions. So those guys will have things like power fist, your relic blade, not not really thunder hammers. I'm still more with the uh with the power fist right now, but actually yeah. after pariah nexus thunder hammers are going to be better. <laughs> but yeah, no, so those guys with their with your rerolling charges, they can get stuck in with your um against toughness four um and like up toughness factions. So Blood Angels against Toughness 3, you take certain weapons on them. They can be wounding anything on 2s, which is fantastic efficiency in this game. And then uh, Black Templars with their re-rolling charges, they're just great. So look at those two sub-factions when you're building kill teams for Astartes. So that's good advice, but it does contradict the advice that we had a few episodes ago in a seminal episode called Always Be Smash Captain. Always Be Smash Captain. Mm, yeah. What, what yeah. if you just, yeah, what do you think? 
<laughs> I I think that strategy is a lot more viable now, actually. Really? With the, yeah, with the inclusion of uh, Blade Guard, because for their uh, points cost, it's like I think they're like 29 points for a Blade Guard, and it's a fantastic model, high durability. Uh, you know, Death Deny is only is only two CP, so why wouldn't you break them? Or why wouldn't you bring them? And then you know. A Vanguard veteran now has two wounds, so yeah, put a jump pack on him, give him a Relic Blade and a Storm Shield, and just let him go to town. Like, right now, or I guess going forward after Pariah Nexus is out, I really don't think you can go wrong with Space Marines, at least in, like, the melee. Can I can I give you a challenge as a parting yes. request? You can, yes. can either you or Shane please play Elucidian Star Striders <laughs> in the next tournament? Uh, and and actually, you have to have the, and and you have to have the dog and the dog can't die Maximilian in any round. In the next tournament? <laughs> what about the tournament after? I'll, I'll good compromise. Just, I'll take yeah. it. All right. Just in general at all. I I I might do it for the meme. I think I'll do it for the meme. It would be wouldn't it be pretty epic? Like people would pay attention to it. That'd be it'd be so funny. Yeah, I'll do it for the meme in the next tournament. Um sure. The upcoming tournament that we have is Zenith, and that's like the penultimate uh, kill team tournament that we have on our on our TTS. So I'm not I'm not gonna run it for that because I just <laughs> qualified into it. I'm not gonna risk it all now. Um, <laughs> oh, that's the one you're gonna play Crute in, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Tell tell all of my opponents that I'm gonna be playing Crude or Elucid or Elucidian Star Striders in the next one. Yeah. <laughs> What's what's like the other worst faction? I feel like Grey Knights usually gets maligned, but I think we saw like WWO they did okay. They got forty like percent kill rate. Yeah. Rate, right. Yeah. No, Grey Knights are good. Yeah. You know their ability to put out like two mortal wounds a turn is uh, ridiculous. They're they're not bad. They're not a bad faction. But but what a feeling when one of your five models gets taken out in round one, and you're just like, well, fuck, there goes my team. More like that feeling when one of your models perils itself round one, explodes, <laughs> and then kills three other of mo- three other models from your kill team that are conveniently placed in a three-inch <laughs> diameter from it. Uh, that happened to Shane once. He was very upset about that. In our local hobby shop, they call that tomming yourself. Tomming yourself? <laughs> yeah, is that true, Tom? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan, thanks very much for the time. Other than the Zenith tournament and obviously your uh, YouTube channel, is there anything else you want to plug? Uh, yeah. Uh, in the description for all of our YouTube videos, you can find a link to the Command Point Discord. And over there, we are constantly running uh, tabletop simulator, uh, kill team tournaments, uh, talking competitive kill team, even if you're not a competitive player and you just like want to get better at understanding kill team overall. Um, we've got channels for every single faction in the game to uh, just go in and talk about. And uh, it's a great community. I think we just reached 600 people on the Discord all talking and playing games uh-huh. of team with each other. So it's a growing community. Um, and uh, we're, we're very happy to have it for you guys. Perfect. We'll be sure to link our 100 fans as well. Hell yeah. <laughs> Get on that Discord, guys. And, and Tom, what do we always say? Uh, good fight. Good night. Mash that like and subscribe button. <laughs> I think there's like two more.
Adios, bitchachos. Okay, there we go. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, listener. <laughs> listeners <Right>. plural <laughs> oh and to the one guy in France who downloaded our entire catalog uh, merci you know I think it was that one episode when I started in French <laughs> oh probably wow. that's funny <laughs>